Welcome to the Ready Eddy Podcast, where we tell the story of startups in the outdoor sport industry through the voice of their founders. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Ready Eddy Podcast, episode number 227. Today on the show, we have Dallas Moore and Mark Dietz, co-founders of Shred Dog. Shred Dog is a technical apparel company making kids clothes for now, but they do plan on expanding into men's and women's apparel. They decided to start small, literally. In a lot of ways, they're changing the way people look at kids' technical apparel. For the longest time, kids' stuff didn't get too much attention because oftentimes they'll just grow out of their gear. But Shred Dog is actually addressing that and bringing new technology to the table to help you get more out of your kids' gear. Another fairly tall hurdle is how to market the product for their parents who oftentimes don't even know a ton about technical apparel themselves. Honestly, it kind of makes sense. Children face the same issues of comfort with apparel. So why not give them better opportunity to have better waterproofing, breathability, and all the bells and whistles that adults usually get? Plus, not being too cold or too hot means less tears, which I'm sure is widely appreciated from parents. In this episode, Dallas and Mark chat about their approach to marketing their products, both in the abstract sense and with kids' products specifically. We also chat about the importance of finding balance from your business partner and some interesting challenges that come with building a business rooted in kids' outdoor apparel. Definitely a super interesting episode, a lot of good nuggets of information, so buckle up and enjoy. All right, Mark, Dallas, how you guys doing? Doing well, Matt. How are you? Pretty good. Glad to have you guys on. Likewise, likewise. Really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. So to start off, who are you? Who is Mark? Who is Dallas? <laughs> uh, well, my name is Mark Dietz. I'm one of the co-founders of Shred Dog. Um, I'm a husband. I'm a dad. I love business and marketing and the outdoors, which you'll hear a lot more about as we get going here, I think. Yep. And I'm Dallas Moore. Um, also, <laughs> um, husband, dad, I've got two young kids, um, avid outdoorsman, uh, former athlete. And I think those two things kind of go hand in hand because I love, you know, really doing anything that is active and outdoors and gets me away from the daily hustle and bustle. And um, bringing my kids along for that is, is really important to me. What is Shred Dog? Well, Shred Dog is a technical outdoor apparel brand specifically right now for kids or youth. Uh, we do size four to 16. Uh, we started in the winter market, so largely ski snowboard centric, but with a number of styles that are everyday, three season, if not year round pieces. And we look forward to grow into you know much broader categories year round um, and even men's and women's down the line. Um, and then secondly, I would say, you know, we're not, we sell clothes, but we're really in the business of helping families make memories that last a lifetime and really have this purpose and mission behind the brand to help get more kids outside. Like I mentioned, I'm a dad. I have a 10, now almost 11 year old son, and I manage or fight the screen time <laughs> dynamic, just like most parents these days. Um, he has his iPad, he likes his video games, which is great. Those are fun too, but it's not at all the same as when we're skiing together through the trees and um, hiking, camping, kayaking, etc. And unfortunately, there are a lot of kids that just don't have as much access to the outdoors, whether it's lack of gear or lack of opportunity, etc. Um, so we're not only building a clothing outdoor brand, but really investing in programs that will help get more kids outside. That's incredible. I, I was actually going to ask maybe at some point um, about potentially getting into, you know, men's and women's gear. I guess you guys are literally starting small. 
I like that. <laughs> That's one way to say it. Yeah. So, uh, what is your background, and um, where did how did you guys get your start with Shred Dog and decide to uh, jump into it? Yeah. So this is Dallas. Um, like I said before, I was an athlete um, when I was about 15, 16. I, I moved to England and pursued a professional soccer career. And uh, while I was doing that, my dad was involved with an early stage technical apparel company called Sitka. Um, and he was on the board and the guy who was the CEO of that company kind of became my mentor. And um, so I grew up in, in technical apparel and building expedition grade products um, that would enhance people's experiences in the outdoors. And then as I continued pursuing my soccer career, I would work on that in my, my free time and help wherever I could. Um, and then that business was sold. And about the same time that I retired, um, we started another technical apparel company that moved from the traditional retail model, which was um, the company was called Sitka. And then we started a direct consumer apparel company called Kuyu, um, which was more expedition grade hunting apparel. And um, was able to work on that. I invested in that company at the very beginning and kind of worked as an owner operator, every aspect of the business. And uh, we grew that to a certain point, had a private equity come in and uh, I stepped away from the day to day. And along the journey of that company, um, I met Mark. And uh, one of the things that we were doing with that company, um, which was different to what most people were doing was we were very focused on customer engagement and having them involved in our product design and development process. And we kind of opened that up, which typically brands don't do that. They only work with, you know, a select few people that they get opinions from, which may be a professional athlete or somebody, you know, that's high ranking in whatever category. And the customer has no involvement and we didn't think that that was right. And so we would basically use a blog at the beginning and talk about what we were developing, what the problems were, how we were going to solve it. And then, the customer would tell us we, we have this problem and we would explain to them how we think we can solve it and how we think we can make a better product. And, um, over time that process became unwieldy. There were too many people commenting. The blog was not a, a good way to collect the data. And so we developed our own design and development platform where it was basically a software tool where brands, we made it for ourselves and then started opening it up to other brands, um, where they could come on and, um, share what the, the product was they were wanting to make and customers could have direct input on features, performance levels, colors, things like that. And that was where I met Mark. And um, Mark, you want to take it from there of what you were wanting to do and, and how it kind of led to Shred Dog? Yeah, sure. It was really a, one of those classic serendipity kind of co-founders coming together stories. So my background, while very much in and around the retail and consumer products, consumer brands, e-commerce, uh, retail-oriented markets, was also very different. Um, so I was a B2B enterprise software marketer for you know most of my career so, thus far. And um, like Dallas said, they were working on this software project, which is how we met. Um, but for me, I was also kind of the cliche story of starting a brand in two ways. One, I was at that point in my career of really taking a look at, you know, what am I really passionate about and how do I go do that instead, right? And like I said, I have a son, he was seven at the time. And all the things we do outside, like I mentioned before, is just, you know, being a dad is a passion, all those things, activities, especially skiing and snowboarding. And so I just really wanted to do something, you know, around that, in that industry of some kind. And then secondly, uh, wanted to do something with more of a purpose and a mission, which I kind of mentioned translated into what Shred Dog's all about now. So I was thinking through what I might do and 
CEO that I worked for, for a software company, was a mutual friend, connected me with Dallas to do some work on that software project. But as a result, just learning about Kuyu, learning about the direct-to-consumer advantage of higher performance products, but for less, um, you know, their approach to e-commerce, their approach to co-designing their products with with uh, their customers um, really started to resonate. And the more Dallas and I started talking about it and my experiences at the time of buying very expensive, not very waterproof, not very high quality gear for kids because many of the brands strip out performance, strip out features, try to get the price down because the retail model doubles the price uh, from their wholesale price and try to get that price down because kids outgrow it every year. And so we just collectively saw an opportunity there to say, we can make a higher performance product for the kids that really need it and sell it for less. And really shred dog was born from, from that point going forward. What, what year was that? I guess when you two sort of met each other, it seems like it was kind of early on with um, e-commerce. You mentioned like the blog kind of getting bogged down as well. Yeah, I think I met Mark. I want to say it was either mid 2015, early 2016. Uh, no, that sounds about I think right, it was mid, mid 2016 when we first met and started working on that. Yeah. And I was, um, I had been thinking about what I might do, putting together more thoughts around it in say January, February of 2017. And we started working on this in earnest, call it what, June of 2017. And then you were asking about the timing of just the when. So it was like 2009 when we were starting working on Kuyu and we were going to do a direct to consumer, you know, online only business with a name that people couldn't pronounce and everybody thought we were kind of crazy. So like, if you can't, if nobody can pronounce it, how are they going to search you online? <laughs> well, Hey, I, I feel like that's just every kind of performance, uh, sport brand or outdoor brand. I mean, out ready Yeti, like when, when we started, we always talk about like, man, why do we spell ready wrong? No one's going to be able to find us. <laughs> you have to like go out of your way and be like R E D D Y. And then there's all like a, a ton of other, I mean, we're far from the only one. How did you guys develop your, your products, shred dogs products? What, what testing went into it? How did you, um, you know, discern what features you were going to add? Yeah, and so I mean, um, both Mark and I grew up uh, skiing and snowboarding. Um, we we do the activity. We've used a ton of gear. Uh, my background in building technical expedition grade apparel um, definitely helps with having a foundation of understanding of building these types of products. Um, but really, the process is you know we start with what does the fabric need to do. You know, I always talk about what's the problem, why are we doing this, what are we trying to solve. And so once we identify that problem, that why, why we're building it, then it's looking at fabrics that first and foremost pass all the, you know, abrasion testing, durability testing, waterproof, breathable testing at a factory level. Like that's the very first screening. If it doesn't meet those standards, we don't even want to look at it. And then once it gets past that screening, we take the, you know, we narrow it down to the fabrics we like, we build prototypes, and then we take them out into the, into the wilderness, the field, whatever you want to call it. And we actually test them for their intended purpose. We're as hard on them as we possibly can be, um, you know, to the point where we've had kids like rubbing jackets against concrete walls, which is not what we recommend to do with the products. But knowing that, you know, kids do ridiculous things and are really hard on products, we try and um, emulate as many realistic things as we can and have the product in use for as long of a period as we can until we feel comfortable with that given uh, fabric or um, trim or whatever it is that we're looking at. And then we move through the prototyping process to get it really refined. And, you know, that can be four, six, eight, ten 10 prototypes before we're 
we're happy. Um, we're definitely kind of perfectionists, which does drive our development team a little bit crazy sometimes, but it's uh, worth it in the end. You guys are making products for, for kids, I, well, I, at least for now, but you're marketing it towards adults, I guess, because you know, kids aren't going to be the one going out and buying these products. How do you approach marketing a product meant for someone else that's bought for you know, another person, their parents? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, really, it's, you know, it's not unlike how, you know, kids cereal brands or other, you know, uh, kid oriented brands um, communicate. There's really two value propositions, really, right? Uh, so there's the value to the, the user or the ultimate end consumer. Um, and in this case, that has a direct impact on the buyer, obviously the parent. Uh, and then there's also secondary benefits really for the parent themselves. So on one hand, you know, in this market, and especially given our start with more cold weather, winter, um, fall oriented apparel, kids that are cold and wet don't have any fun, right? Um, they cry, they want to go home, they want to go in the lodge, etc. And it's just natural as, as parents, you know, we want to feel like good parents. We want our kids to be comfortable and get them the right, um, materials for something they're doing, or in this case, the right gear for the conditions that they're in. Um, and then secondly, you know, this is a little bit tongue in cheek, really, but we talk about this and we've had you know, real customer feedback about the same thing is for our market, you know, we're not doing inexpensive or, you know, where to school where we're doing technical outdoor apparel to be out there in a powder storm day, or you get caught in the rain or, kids in the Southeast and North Carolina and Pennsylvania ski in the rain or the Pacific Northwest. Um, so we're for a little bit more of the adventurous families that want to stay out, get out and stay out, frankly. And, you know, if the kid is cold and wet and wants to go inside the lodge at noon, then the parent stays over too. And for our customer base right now, um, you know, we're at the high end of the market. We're pretty niche um, and we'll expand with other products, more of a good, better, best range over time. Uh, but we're really communicating to parents that, you know, this will improve and change the way you have experiences with your family outdoors. Um, that sounds lofty, but honestly, it's been validated with, you know, a number of the testimonials we get parents saying, I had no idea what a difference good gear would make that kind of thing. Um, so, you know, we really approach our marketing and messaging in that regard. Um, and then secondly, really around, you know, how we go to market, you know, obviously a challenge for any direct consumer brand is people aren't browsing a store or walking through a mall and finding you, right? So we knew from day one, word of mouth would be important. So everything Dallas said about the, you know, advanced prototyping, multiple prototypes we did, um, you know, we knew a premium product, we had to get the product right. You know, that, that all the marketing would start there as far as people telling their friends about this new brand they just discovered. Um, we obviously do digital marketing and in a market where it helps to touch and feel a fabric or try on for size. Um, obviously COVID has uh, changed that a little bit this year, but you know, physical activations, whether that's consumer expos or on mountain, um, tent in the village at ski areas, that kind of thing. You know, we want to get the product in front of people. And then we also communicate with a number of different marketing channels, whether social media, influencers, um, email marketing, obviously, um, and a variety of, of channels like that. Um, one thing to add to the marketing, I think, you know, and we touched on it earlier is we're both the end user as well. Like we're dads with kids that want to get outside. And so finding a message that resonates with us, we just have to go out and find the people that believe what we believe and are aligned with that message and, and they're out there. 
Yeah. And I mean, especially with COVID, everyone's getting outside. Um, you know, I, I am the kind of person who would want if, you know, I decided to have kids Sunday, I, I want them to be able to do some pretty adventurous stuff. I mean, I'm not expecting to like be, you know, hucking it off 20 foot cliffs, but you know, it, it's how you share the passion, I guess. Absolutely. Your kids might drive you to huck those cliffs after a certain, certain age. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, by then I'm, by then I'm going to watch the lodge. Forget it. I'm getting it out now. Are there any challenges that you think makes uh, the kids apparel industry particularly difficult? Um, and if, if so, how, what do you do to kind of navigate that and get past it? Yeah. So coming from, you know, making adult gear and going to kids, um, I think the biggest challenge or difference has just been in getting the sizing right and getting, making products to accommodate growing kids, um, which we can get into one of the features we've designed specifically for that. But just as kids are growing, they don't necessarily always grow completely proportionately. And so we try and um, stick within kind of industry expectations, so to, so to speak. So if somebody, you know, if there's a size 10 and somebody expects it, a size 10 to fit a certain way, we try and stay within that ballpark. Um, but where I was going with that, um, with kids growing is high end gear is expensive. Like we've talked about, um, kids grow fast. Parents have a tough time justifying spending, um, high dollar amounts on gear that their kids are going to grow. And so we developed a system called adjust a fit that actually allows kids to buy the gear a little bit bigger than they normally would. And when you receive the product, you can shorten the sleeves. And then as the kids grow, the sleeves can basically extend out incrementally with them. So they always have a custom fit. The sleeves and pant legs aren't basically drooping down over their wrists or dragging on the ground. And um, it's a major improvement on how it's typically done because the old way to do it, there's um, a bunch of different systems out there of sleeves that extend with kids. What they do is they fold the fabric and stitch it. And then they tell the parents when your kid basically grows and the sleeves or pant legs become too short, you've got to rip that stitch line and then the extra fabric will unfold. Um, but that makes two of the most exposed areas to moisture, which are the wrists. If you think about kids playing in snow, sticking their arms in the snow and rolling around, and, and also the ankles, right? You step in the snow and your whole leg drops down two or three feet. Um, those two areas aren't waterproof with that approach. And so with our system, you maintain all of the seam taping, fully waterproof wrists and ankles, but you can, ex you can shorten and extend the sleeves and then once a kid grows with it all the way to the point where it's fully extended, it doesn't fit anymore and you want to hand it down. When you hand it down, you can reshorten the sleeves or pant legs for the next kid. So that's another you know, thing that you couldn't do with the old system. So yeah, I think, I think our biggest challenge is just getting the product to fit the kids in a way that they, they like it. And we're constantly improving that. Would you say the competition of children's technical apparel is similar to the adult industry, the adult technical apparel industry? Well, in many ways, it's similar because it's similar products, similar use cases. You know, if you're out in the cold, you want to stay warm. If you're, you know, exerting yourself, you want to be breathable and not sweaty and this and that. You know, so there's some similarities, but honestly, there are a number of differences. Um, and one large one is, you know, kind of what Dallas was alluding to there is a lot of brands um, basically shrink down their adult gear and strip out some performance, like I was saying earlier, to get the price down because kids outgrow it every year or two as opposed to keeping a a shell for five years or something like an adult might do. Um, and so there really isn't a lot of development on kids specific features. There are some brands that, for instance, you know, invented the, the old system of extending the sleeves. They focus on kids a little bit more so than I would say most brands. 
uh, but it's pretty limited. It's a small part of their overall business. Um, so really focusing on kids, kids' needs, parent needs. Uh, that's just one example of a, you know, a few features that we've really thought through what parents or kids would want that didn't exist before. Um, so in that regard, it's a, it's a little bit unique. Um, and then secondly, I would say one of the differences, and maybe this isn't as different to the mainstream adult market, there are people that just need a winter jacket and they don't, they're not gearheads, they don't research the technical specs and what 20K waterproofing means versus 5K or 10K. Um, but there's a number of people looking, you know, adults looking for technical outdoor apparel that really, you know, understand and look for particular technical specs. Um, in kids gear especially, and this, like I said, this is kind of common across both, but I think especially in kids gear, you see a lot of 100% waterproof, fully waterproof, just blanket claims um, that if your kid's outside for an hour or two of skiing and it doesn't snow or rain that day, you know, it's fine, you know, it's fine for a while. Uh, but for these cases or the, the activities that we're really going for, um, there is a big difference. Um, so there's some noise in the market with respect to, you know, what is truly waterproof and, you know, most brands don't focus on breathability for kids as an example. Um, and so on one hand, we feel like, you know, not just creating great products, but, you know, educating consumers, what to look for, how to buy, um, you know, a number of our first customers were already there. They saw this and immediately, like you talked about in the first look, like, this is what I buy for myself. I've never found it for kids. It's great. Right. Uh, whereas other folks, you know, um, it's, it's still a process of really understanding how it could be better as opposed to, you know, hearing the same, same from so many, you know, competitors or brands, you know, over the years. Um, so I'd say in, that, in those regards, it's, it's, it's pretty different despite those initial similarities of, you know, smaller products that have to perform in certain weather conditions. A human is a human, whether it's bit, they're large or small, I guess at some point, you know, we're looking at the same things and breathability, like you said, breathability and waterproofing are always like the two main things that anyone looks at when you're getting apparel. So it would almost be kind of mean to like take that out of the equation just for kids. Be like, ah, eh, they'll take it anyway. Yeah, it's interesting. One little add-on, and I don't want to, you know, totally geek out on you. And and I'm not a doctor or can explain the anatomy in great detail. But in general, you know, breathability is important for kids, partially because you know a kid's body um, is not as good at thermoregulating their own temperature as adults. That's why kids get cold faster or they get overheated more easily. And it's based on surface area of the skin and body weight and again and that anatomical details i can't go further than that with really uh, but it's why it's important so breathability if your jacket doesn't breathe or your outerwear doesn't breathe condensation sweat vapor develops inside which makes you uncomfortable and sweaty but if you think of an activity like skiing you get done exerting yourself coming down the hill you get back on the chairlift a little bit of wind chill that sweat vapor gets cold inside your jacket, which then makes you cold. So breathability is important, one, to keep you cool when you're exerting yourself and sweating, but also keep you warm as well. And like I said, so many brands don't focus on breathability for kids and it's expensive to do it. That's why with the direct-to-consumer model, we're able to emphasize that more, put in features like pit zips and thigh vents on the pants so that you have that additional airflow um, that really goes hand in hand with, with the breathability of the, of the membrane and, and the fabric itself. Speaking of that, I mean, in terms of actual overall, um, you know, manufacturing your product, what would you say is Shred Dog's commitment to uh, sustainable manufacturing? So I'm, I'm sure this has probably already come across, um, but 
being able to go out to the wild places, the back country, just getting outside um, is obviously extremely important to us. And uh, we want to ensure that those opportunities are there for our kids and that we, you know, treat the planet right and do everything we can um, so that those opportunities are available for them. And it'll be an ongoing, you know, it'll never end for us. We will always be trying to do better and um, find better ways, more recycled materials, more things like that. Um, you know, as a young company, we, we make sure that every manufacturing thing we work with is FLA certified or wrap certified. We're always looking for uh, blue sign certified and making sure that all the audits and accreditations are up to date. Um, we want to make sure there's, you know, safe and clean working environments, fair wages, no child labor, and um, all that good stuff. And as we continue to grow and expand, you know, we want to get better and better and use more and more recycled materials and reduce our overall impact, just like um, any really good outdoor brand should be doing and working towards. And then uh, one other new program we're, we're rolling out right now is called Shred Dog Renewed. And uh, the focus on that is really on extending the useful life of products and keeping them out of landfills. And so customers will be able to send in um, gear that no longer fits their kids because like we talked about earlier, kids grow. And one of our big things like we were talking about with the fit is just extending that useful life of the product as long as possible. And uh, at some point they will outgrow it. They send it back to us. Um, we're partnered with a company called the Renewal Workshop. And uh, they specialize in circular solutions. And so they're able to use waterless cleaning techniques, uh, do any repairs that may be necessary for the product. And then we can basically get that product back into circulation, find it a new home with a new family and a new kid that's going to take it outdoors and, and use it. That's fantastic. We actually, we had the Renewal Workshop, um, I think one or both founders on the podcast a couple years ago. Um, but that's, that's great. I'm they're doing some pretty incredible things um, in terms of just extending the, the life of, of products. That's amazing. What has the growth been like since you guys officially launched in 2018? So we've had um, a couple um, hurdles, if you will, but despite that, the growth has been strong and steady. You know, obviously, like we said before, getting a premium product into the market, getting initial customers that will start to tell their friends, et cetera. And then it just builds and snowballs from there. Um, when I say a couple of hurdles, like we said before, we went through a number of different rounds of prototypes. We just could not deliver a super premium product and not have the product right. Uh, so we ended up delivering product basically right before Black Friday of 2018. And uh, not so coincidentally in this industry, but unfortunately, um, our prototypes, our samples were with whatever available colors the factories had and this and that. So we didn't have product photography. We didn't have marketing materials, you know, kids in gear that looked like our finished product in advance. So it was a pretty cold start in really, you know, especially for, you know, digital marketing, online e-commerce brands that might be starting or listening to this. Um, you know, the, the cost and the efficiency has, you know, just the cost has gone up. The efficiency has gone down, especially over the last two years. And then the competitiveness for, you know, bidding on AdWords and the, and the like around Black Friday is just tremendous. So it was a difficult starting point, um, but we did consumer expos. We got the word out as many different ways as we could. Uh, COVID obviously shortened our second season a little bit, um, but again, the growth has just been, you know, steadily building. And then I'll say on top of that, another sales channel um, and, and really marketing approach that we've um, really started moving forward with is ski teams or other organizations, uh, group sales, if you will. Um, so we're super excited to have <clears throat> Squaw Valley, Alpine Meadows and Bear Valley now 
um, using Shred Dog for their team uniforms starting really right now. We've been shipping hundreds of orders to, to these teams. And that's a great marketing angle as far as having, you know, all these tiny billboards <laughs> and not, some not so tiny, right? Size 16, size 14 kids are not tiny anymore. But having those billboards on the mountain, perhaps they need pants or other products to, to go with their team uniform uh, that's not associated with the mountain itself. Um, and then, you know, again, word, more word of mouth, um, et cetera. So we'll be expanding those programs, you know, not just with, you know, official ski teams, race teams or all mountain teams, but also um, just organizations, um, you know, where, you know, they're looking for, you know, a group deal or a group group sales opportunity for, for the gear. It makes so much sense. Like that's exactly who should be having that. I mean, you're on a ski team or you're doing something more technical as a kid. I mean, that's, that's amazing. And it still kind of blows my mind that there, ha- there isn't really another kid's brand that came out with more genuinely serious uh, outdoor gear, especially when you're going outside, when you, you know, it's like below freezing. What has been the hardest part about starting Shred Dog? Well, I'm sure you've, uh, if you've listened to other podcasts about starting a business, I'm sure you've heard that it's a grind. Um, and, and that is very true. Um, and I mean, I think you just have to be willing to pour your life into it. And it just, it, it is, you have to give it everything and you have to be willing to make that grind day in and day out. And, um, then after that, you have to try and find a work-life balance. And, you know, we both have families, wives and kids, and, um, we have to be able to find time for them while still maintaining our grind. And, um, just knowing that, you know, it's that old saying of, um, you know, most overnight successes take five to seven years and just being willing to, to accept that and know that every day you're grinding and getting one step closer to that overnight success. That slow, steady burn, just from what I've seen, the people I've talked to, it always seems to be the most meaningful and lasting. What advice would you give someone that wanted to start a business? Uh, well, I'll start there. Um, I think the first thing as somebody who frankly wish I would have started something sooner, I always had entrepreneurial thoughts or ideas and just never really landed on the right, right opportunity, the right timing, et cetera. Um, rather than delay or think about, well, maybe someday kind of thing. My first advice is just get started, right? Like depending on what the business is, what <clears throat> maybe, you know, your financial situation is current job. It's a lot of emphasis right now on the side hustle, right? And to Dallas's point of family, you know, work-life balance, you know, that's especially tough if you have and, you know, are still working a full-time job and trying to do a side hustle on the side, that's super tough. But if you don't start, then you don't start, right? So I would say the first thing is um, just get started. And then um, second thing I would say is, and this relates a little bit back to a comment Dallas made earlier is, you know, as you get going, make sure you really understand your target market, your target customer. And in some cases, many cases, it's you know a little cliche because other businesses, you know, founders say the same thing of, you know, I found a need in the market. I couldn't find the right product to go buy. So I decided to fix it or build it, right? Um, so you can find other people like you, but I would just say, don't be myopic thinking, you know, unrealistically about the size of a market. You know, before we started this, we talked to as many people as we possibly could about their experiences outdoors, what brands they like, what brands they don't like, uh, deficiencies, if there were any in, in what they were buying. Uh, even the, the name Shred Dog, did people think it was too masculine or too snowboard centric versus general outdoor? And we got feedback on, on everything. And obviously that's not a, <clears throat> a first step and then you're done. You know, you should always be doing that. Um, but in initially starting a business rather than head down either the wrong path or a path that isn't as 
lucrative or, or, you know, open as you think it might be is do your homework, right? The, uh, the follow-up I would add to that is do your homework, make all the preparations you can have as a uh, buttoned up plan as humanly possible and know that whatever you planned, things are going to go wrong. Things aren't going to go right. And um, there's an old uh, special forces saying of adapt and overcome. And uh, that's incredibly important. I think when you're starting a business is just anything that comes up, you know, rather than just freezing and being paralyzed, you just have to adapt and overcome. What is the best part about running Shred Dog? You would think it would be getting to go skiing and snowboarding and do all these outdoor activities a lot. And that's, unfortunately, there's a lot of work to do on the laptop. <laughs> we do get out there. We want to be with our, our customers, our market, hear from people, talk to them on chairlifts, hand out stickers, all that fun stuff. But there is just, to Dallas's point, there's so much work to do. And a lot of it means being at our desk and, and the laptop. So unfortunately, you know, that, that's a good part of it, but it's not like the dominant one. For me, I think the, in addition to, I talked earlier about, you know, really driving towards more of a, a purpose. And we're early days, you know, we're donating a percentage of sales to nonprofits that help get kids outside. And we have big, big plans in that direction as far as our own events, our own foundation, really you know, making an impact on kids around the world. So that one's a little early days. We, we feel good about what we're doing, but the, you know, ask me again in two or five years and, you know, that may be number one, but, you know, in our second, you know, going into the third year, I think the biggest thing for me is just, you know, talking to customers, reading the testimonials, hearing, like I said before, you know, I had no idea how much better our outdoor activities could be, our experiences as a family, um, hearing that as validation for what we set out to do and seeing it come to fruition in terms of people we don't know that made a purchase, bought our gear, went outside and are saying that and telling their friends that that's, that's just been absolutely huge. Yeah. And for me, it's, um, you know, I talked about it a little bit earlier, but getting outside with your family, some of my best memories as a kid were going skiing, snowboarding and uh, backpacking and, and just doing outdoor things with my family and I think you're able to make a deeper connection with someone when you get into that setting you have some kind of physical exertion and then you're outdoors whether it's around a campfire um, setting up your tent just hanging out at the end of the day there's no distractions there's nothing else in the way it's just your opportunity to connect with somebody else and so reading testimonials from other families where we've been able to help them make that connection with their kids means the world to us guys thank you so much for coming on um for anyone listening where's the best place to find out more about shred dog pretty easy it's shreddog.com s-h-r-e-d-d-o-g.com mark dallas it's been a pleasure thanks for coming on thanks a lot really appreciate it it was fun thanks matt If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, then we would be incredibly appreciative if you could log on to iTunes and leave us a quick review. This really helps us get noticed by other podcast listeners like yourself. And if you know anyone that would benefit from this episode, then please share it along. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Ready Day Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week.